0: Welcome to. Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a cracked rackets and tennis channel podcast network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. I'm going to be honest with you, listeners. This is by far the earliest we have ever woken up for a podcast. That is our commitment to you. We are so excited here at Cracked Rackets to be providing, once again, the play-by-play and extensive coverage for this weekend's Division One Men's ITA National Indoor Championships. Chris Hallioris and I will be live in Madison all weekend long providing coverage on the top courts, uh, doing the play-by-play, interviewing the players, the coaches. We are amped for all of that last night. Chris and I recorded part one of this men's indoor preview. We went over the seeds. We went over how the last week's results impacted those seeds. Today it's part two. Now comes the fun stuff. Some predictions. We're going to break down the eight round of 16 matches. We're going to talk about the lineup decisions, the doubles points, the depths, uh, the top threes that are the best. All of those things that will play huge factors to decide who emerges as the 2020 indoor champion. Joining me to do just that, let's start with the man we didn't have on last night's pod. It felt like a betrayal from our side. It always feels wrong when we do one of these college podcasts without him. That's why we had to make the this great shot podcast two parts you know him as one of your favorite ra- writers on our website crackrackets.com, the former four-star recruit on recruiting.net. and i'm going to add a third to this the brother of number one singles player for the successful duke men's tennis team nicks the maddie the cracks the koak maddie hey great shot and welcome back to the podcast i owe you an apology it, it was malpractice that we didn't have you last night
1: All good, man. All good. You know what? It's early, but I'm ready to rock and roll. Fired up for this with you guys. And uh, yeah, no, I'm still jealous that you're going to be at indoors and I'm not. So still a little pissed about that. But you know what? Uh, It'll be all good. I'll be following along.
0: Well, pissed is the closest you come to swearing on this podcast, so I'll take that as a sign of positive emotion. Again, I can't be more grateful to you for waking up. Another man, I'm not going to lie, I'm feeling grateful for, which is a rare feeling. He's the third member of our Holy College Tennis Trinity, uh, the predictions oh wow see Chris it's so early I don't even remember your intro but let's try that again off. give me a rewind sound effect please the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula predictions never far from the listed UTR one of the many dames who alongside of me last night got to root for the Liberty Flames Chris Hallioras hey great shot thank you for waking up it's been six hours I missed
2: you oh, no, I mean what can I say I mean let's get off rolling right away it's 6.30, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go, Westcott. Edit number one.
1: I love Man. it. No,
0: I mean, I just want us to get warmed up, Chris, because we're going to be having this where it's like six-hour gaps where we don't talk for the next four days.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> – We'll be at this facility, you know, till midnight, then rolling back to where we're staying together and getting up again and doing it all over at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. So, I, yeah, we're – yeah, the next, we thought we thought we had some long days in Ann Arbor covering the the pro event there. It's going to it's going to be even more fun in Madison, but I can't wait and I and I can't wait till we get rolling through here and start talking about these matches.
0: Yeah, I know. I love that you go there. It, they're going to be long days, but we thought we had fun in Ann Arbor and it's going to be even more fun. Can't emphasize that point enough. It's going to be an absolute blast. And yeah, I'm going to wake up in the morning, go to the breakfast table and you're going to be like, "Alex, don't f- talk to me." Like, I don't want to hear your voice unless we absolutely have to hear it. And I'll be like, that's fair. Like, I understand, and the feeling is mutual. Uh, but before we get to that point of utter hatred for one another, while the love is fresh, let's talk tennis. There are, again, so many fun matches for us to discuss these eight before we do that, I want to give Matt just two quick seconds. You, Matt, you didn't get to come on last night's podcast, but I want to know preliminarily your thoughts on how the seating broke down. Any snubs, any people you think too high, too low?
1: Yeah, good question, Gruskin. I've really only got one major gripe, and I was talking to Chris about this. I think North Carolina should have been seated in the top three. Um, that I, I have a problem with that. I think they're too good of a team. They're undefeated. They haven't lost. They're clearly a top three team. Um, In fact, I've got them at number one in my power rankings right now. So at least put them at number three, put them in the bottom part of the draw where they're, you know, staying away from that loaded top half. Um, I would have been cool with that seed USC at two North Carolina at three, and then put Texas at four is probably how I would have done it. Um, But other than that, I think they did a pretty good job. and, And I don't really have, Um, Any other issues with the seating outside of UNC uh, getting gypped a little bit?
0: I think Chris and I covered this extensively last night, so we don't have to repeat it in too much depth here. Uh, But yeah, I, I echoed that sentiment to the nth degree last night, Matt, could not agree with you more. The fact that UNC is going to have to go through Florida, Ohio State, then probably USC, like that would be their pathway to the title. Yeah. They've done more enough this season that that's too much. Like they, they should have been a top three seed, and no disrespect to Texas whose only loss is to Ohio State on the road where no one wins and they're incorporating freshmen. But, you know, I, I do think UNC right now is in that uh, – Ohio State Zone certainly in a cut above everyone else, and that they haven't lost and they've been tested. Uh, I know Chris, uh, I think he made his point last night that he doesn't completely disagree, but he would see that point of why UNC should or could have been a top three seed. So, yeah, other than that, though, you know, the six through 16 spots, uh, just to summarize what yesterday's pod is, so I guess you don't have to listen to that full hour 13, uh, it's a cluster. <laughs> So, like, yeah, it's hard to sort all of that out, and I agree, props to the ITA, I think for the most part, uh, they did get things right, and that's why we have a really fun first uh, set of matches to discuss what we're going to be doing today, is doing just that, breaking down the lineups we expect to see how those matchups are going to go down. We're probably, you know, we got we got to stay time-limited, because I know maddie has got to go to work, so we're probably going to spend no more than about eight minutes per section. Some of them may get less than that if the match is deemed fit, and we're going to make our predictions for for the tournament at the end. Let's start chronologically. Let's go with the morning matches and work our way down. And some may call me biased, but let's start with this morning match, one that will not be on our stadium courts, but a fun one nonetheless. The Texas A&M Aggies, uh, they just went to Ohio State. They lost that match 4-1. It was their first loss season. This SEC team brings back their top five from last year. Aguilar, Habib, Vashro in the top three. All, I believe, top 40 ITA singles players. Uh, it's a really solid lineup, and they're going up against a Michigan team that certainly has been tested in these early portions of the year. They lost their first match of the season at home for three to a fellow team in this field, the NC State Wolfpack. That was a match. They won the doubles point, only were able to get two singles wins. Andre's Styler, his first match as a college freshman, uh, he ended up losing there at three singles. But I mean, since then the Wolverines have really taken off: wins four-three over Texas Tech and Mississippi State to qualify for this tournament, a four-two win over TCU at home, four-one at Cornell, and then most impressively this last weekend, four-three at Columbia. They take the doubles point; they get three-set wins from Fent- uh, three-set win from Fenty to clinch. Uh, this Michigan team comes in and is about as good a form as you can ask for. I'll start with you, Maddie. Any inklings of an upset alert here?
1: Yes. Yes, there is, Groskin.
0: Um, wow. I it, I don't like this. I told Chris last night that we're all pro-Michigan. We are jinxing them. They're going to go 0-3.
1: You know what? You might be right. You could very well be correct <laughs> about that. However, I, I'm pro-Michigan here. We've talked about their doubles success all year, right? They're a very good doubles team. This match is going to be played indoors. This match is going to be played in Big Ten country. I just feel like Michigan is going to be fairly comfortable here. Um, you know, if this match was outdoors later on in the season down the road, I think a you know, wins it for sure. But in this situation, there is certainly upset alert. I-, I see Michigan winning the doubles point. And then, you know, can they find a way to get three singles I think there might be a way that they could possibly do it. This Michigan team has been playing better. They lost to NC State, like you mentioned. Uh, But over the last few matches, I mean, to beat Columbia and TCU, those were two wins that I didn't expect them to get. So I've really been off of Michigan. You guys know this all year. I haven't picked them at all. I I think this might be their time. They might get one here.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's really interesting that this match, I'm glad you bring it up, that it's played indoors for this Texas A&M team. I believe they've played four of their five matches outdoor, Chris. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, it's a veteran team, so that they haven't really played that much that many matches yet on their schedule i you know perhaps uh you know coach denton doesn't think they needed that many matches early on because they have that sort of experience level but you know their wins over south alabama and georgia tech to get here they've beaten tulsa 6-1 texas tech 6-1 before losing 4-1 to ohio state uh let's look at that recipe because i agree with matt if they if michigan's going to get an upset it, certainly, they'll need to take the doubles point. You imagine Andre Styler, the freshman, uh, who lined up at two singles for the Wolverines and got a win against Cornell. Uh, he would probably have to win his match as well. But what would be that match calculus for the Wolverines and your thoughts on this match as well in terms of the lineups we should expect to see?
2: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think there's... Uh, you know with a lot of the case in a lot of matches we can look at spots and go yeah they're gonna have to get this that or the other I think you're right and they have to get doubles uh, I don't I think it will be very hard to get four singles matches but I won't even say that that's out of the question and I don't I don't put them as a significant dog really in any of those single ma- singles matches I mean they're Probably, you know, Seymour maybe, but he's playing so well right now that I would say, you know, outdoors under normal circumstances later in the year, he's probably the biggest dog in in, in the lineup. But uh, I w- I'm not going to say that where we are right now, how he's playing, and the fact that it's indoors. I think they have good straight-up shots at at all six matches. I think that, that probably – uh, BD as well as he's been playing is, you know, one that they almost need to, need to count on, uh, to, to pull off the upset here, a even though they're, they are very good five deep six is probably their, their weaker, their, you know, the weak spot in the lineup for them. Uh, and, and they're trying a lot of guys there. I think, I think five and six, uh, you know, even though I don't say Michigan is, you know, super, super deep. I think that's the spots where they probably look uh, to to try to try to get a couple points, take doubles and then grab something up top. Yeah. It's going to be tough with those three veterans am has got, but like Maddie said, this is, this is indoors. Uh, it's, it's not A&M's forte. I definitely think they could find, you know, they could find any three of the six and, or even four if necessary. So I say, uh, you know, I, I say it's it's anywhere they anywhere of the six is, is very, very possible for them.
0: So the fun part for us this weekend is we get to partner with UTR. And, you know, it, while doing these previews, we're going to go through the UTRs of the singles lips, uh, singles lineups lips. That's where my head's at. Hey, great shot. Um, the singles lineups for these teams. And yeah, by UTR, there's not a single spot where Texas A and M is not favored. The closest gap, Styler at two versus Aguilar, that those UTRs are even. They're both thirteen point six nines, which makes sense. That's something I think reflected in the results Styler and Pena er, and Aguilar excuse me have both had. Uh, this season, and it's a testament to the level uh, Andre Steiler reached in the juniors that his UTR is that high. Uh, The biggest gaps at three singles between Vachero and Seymour, but I think Seymour has played above his level certainly this year. He has been so rock solid. Uh, The gap between Habib and Fenty, .38, but Andrew Fenty's a guy who, on his best day, competes with anyone in the country. So many three-set results for him, and though he wasn't taking them early, that he got that win over a top ten player in the country against Columbia. Uh, that does wonders for his confidence. Uh, the other smallest margin, if Maloney, Pat Maloney for the Wolverines, the sophomore who made his first singles appearance, took a loss to Cornell but made an appearance. Uh, he's a point oh six. Uh, underdog if they play Marson at six, so you know that's a toss-up, and that's I don't want to be disrespectful to this Texas A&M team because they bring back everyone. They were really, really good last year. They, uh, I believe, were a round of sixteen team. They, and when you bring back the nucleus of a team like that, you're you know. This is when you start winning first-round matches of an indoors. This is where you make a quarterfinals, maybe even a semifinal if you're playing your best tennis. But I think indoors is a huge factor. So, you know, and final thoughts on this match, Matt, and then let me get a pick out of you.
1: Yeah, no, I th- I think it's going to be a good match. I, I think Michigan is going to be the better team in doubles. Um, so I see them getting that point. And then, you know, like Chris mentioned, You know, AM may be favored by a little bit on every singles court, but again, I use UTR as more of a guideline rather than the end all be all factor, you know, when it comes down to these matches. So um, I'm going to roll with Michigan 4 3. I think they get three singles matches, I think they get doubles indoors in Wisconsin. I think it sets up well. Give me the Wolverines, baby.
0: Oh, my God. I'm blushing. Chris, your thoughts? This is
2: unbelievable how bad we're going to jinx them. Unbelievable! Do it, Chris. I'm rolling with the Wolverines. Wol- I, I, Give me a score. Oh, I'm gonna. I think it'll be four-three. I think. I think somehow. I don't know how they. I think. I think Fenty continues to surprise me. Take and and, and beats Abib. I think they win the doubles point. I think Beatty gets a, a win at
1: five, and Maloney gets a win at six. Okay, I will that, take that's that. Very feasible. they've got to win one of the top three as long as they get one of the top three courts whether it's Fenty, Seymour, Styler one of those three and doubles they're going to be in good shape I think
2: yeah and I'll say the the fun match to watch of those top three really to me is going to be the clash of styles in watching uh, what should be in all likelihood be an Aguilar Styler uh match but but I don't know I mean I'm, I'm not sure wh- whether we're going to see Aguilar style or whether we're going to see v- Vachero styler if we see Aguilar styler to me that'll be Aguilar just grinding it out and Styler doing everything he can to way- to force his way forward and impose his you know his power and and game at the net so that'll that'll be the fun match to me if if we get it if it's a, a Vachero match same thing but uh but Vachero will he will trade and come to the net more yeah um, you guys are killing me. I like we're forcing, I you into pick, we're forcing you into picking AM. I mean I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did it, Chris. We did it.
0: Yeah. This is this great. the morning surprise you guys said you had in store for me? Like this is what it was. You're just gonna box me in like this? Ugh.
1: Now
2: wait till you see the morning <laughs> surprise I've got for you the next couple mornings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Leave that in West for sure. Um All right. Four three Wolverines, let's go, baby! Let's I'm go, all in, baby. Yeah, I'm all in. All right, our next morning match, one that will be on Chris and my broadcast court, the Texas Longhorns, your defending NCAA national championship, Texas Longhorns, as they've earned the right to be called the number three seeds here this week, and we talked about all of that, but they deserve to certainly be a top five team. Five and one on the year, they went into Gainesville, knocked off the Gators five two to start the season. Their freshman at the bottom of the lineup, Waldeeb. Baziri, uh redshirt freshman, Cleve Harper, have done a job thus far. This Longhorn team has looked really good. They lost 4-1 at Ohio State, their first loss of the year. Uh, but then they beat a, a good Georgia team at home 4-3 in that matchup for the Longhorns. Uh, things really went their way. They took the doubles point, something they're going to need to do this week. They got wins at the two-singles position, at the three-singles position, four-singles position, and they won the match despite the fact that the number two player in the country, their number one singles player, Yuya Ito, lost his match to Georgia's Trent Bride. They're going to play a UCLA team that has not had the sort of start they're looking for. And Matt, we uh, I kind of took my lumps yesterday on Illinois. You and I probably both have to admit we have taken some lumps thus far on the Bruins. Connor Hance are injuring his wrist, I believe, or I believe it was the wrist. I do know for a fact, though, that Hance will not be playing this weekend. That's certainly a factor for the Bruins. Uh, they haven't found the continuity in doubles, and, you know, last year it was always Smith and Cressy, the NCAA doubles champion, get a win from them at one, find another win in the doubles lineup, get wins from Cressy, Smith, and Nanda, one, two, three uh thus far they've gotten a lot of wins from patrick ziraj they've gotten a lot of wins from ben goldberg uh, but outside of that they're you know in trying to find four points this ucla team four two losses back-to-back same weekend at cal at stanford um i think texas is a prohibitive favorite maddie your thoughts on this match
1: yeah, I would agree, man. I, I don't really sense an upset alert here at all. I mean, I think the top two courts are going to be interesting, right? I mean, we've talked about Ito Sigsgaard for a long time. And obviously, Keegan Smith, Govin Nanda, th- those are some interesting matches up top, I think. But I, I don't trust UCLA at all. Their depth, don't trust it. Um, I don't think the chemistry's there for them yet. I, I just think, you know, at every other position, really, other than one and two, And I mean, Texas could easily win both one and two as well. I mean, that's not out of the question. But if those are toss-ups, the rest of the courts just, they've got to be. I mean, I'm looking for Texas to win those three through six, really. Um, and, And probably doubles as well. So for me, Texas is the favorite. They really benefited from getting the number three seed. You know, they're down in this lower portion of the draw. They get 14 seed UCLA. I think that worked out pretty well for Texas. So I, I think they'll take advantage.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting. You look at the UTRs here. And by the way, uh, well, actually, before we look at the UTRs, you want to start with the doubles point for the Bruins. They took the doubles point against Stanford in that they lost four singles matches. Keegan Smith, a three-set loser to Axel Geller. I think that's always a toss-up. And I think it's good that they got a win from Govan Nanda at two over Rotsard, a great player for Stanford, top 30 player in the country by ranking. Uh, you know, this UCLA team indoors is interesting. Uh, I think Keegan Smith got pushed three when they played Western Michigan in the buildup this week. But, you know, with his serve, with how big his game is, you figure indoors, he can compete with anyone at one singles. And again, it's good that the Bruins have had some double success. They did, though, lose the doubles point pretty convincingly to Cal the next day. Um, but you look at the UTRs, Chris, and it's at the bottom of the lineup, really, where, or at the top of the lineup, excuse me, really where the Longhorns shine. Ito just took a loss to Bride, but he's a favorite over Smith. Sisgard Nanda, fairly close. Sisgard point 0.1 favorite. Waldi 0.36 over Baird. That would be a really fun matchup between freshman uh, Spaziri, who's come on strong of late. He got a straight set win over, uh, I believe, Gravilius for Georgia. Um, you know, him at four, a point 26 favor over Ben Goldberg uh Zaraj .12 over Chi Chi Huang and then you really never know who you're going to see at six singles for UCLA uh your thoughts on the you know comparing these two rosters
2: yeah i think it's i'm with Maddie here in that it it just doesn't feel like there, there's a big upset alert going on but when you look at the the matchups you know if you took every one of these singles matchups and said, hey they're just playing an itf tournament let them go play you go yeah they've got a good chance at you know at basically splitting the singles matches um it's it they they have a shot if they come out and play well ucla just hasn't been able to do it and and the weak spots for for texas right chichi has played he's been he's played better lately right he's come up with some big some big matches but uh five and six definitely are the spots where they're a little weaker and he, and on paper it's where ucla potentially has the advantage you know zaraj is as we joked earlier or i joked earlier on one of our pods he was a good four last year he's a bad five this year how does that happen i don't know but he's you know he, he's He's got some wins under his belt. He did beat, I think, Noah Schachter earlier uh, in the season. Um, he should be a very good five. If they can get five and six, um, you never – I mean, doubles, who knows? I, I wouldn't say Texas is a powerhouse in doubles, and anytime you've got you know, Keegan Smith on one of the courts, there's a you've got a great chance at, at, at taking that court and then finding one other one. So – there's always a shot. I don't really, I don't, I don't like it. I think it's one of those matches where we could go. Yeah. 4-0 Texas in a hurry. That's kind of what it felt like. Or we could be sitting there at three all in a two and a half hour match going, wow, this could be an upset. Uh, it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen, but on paper. Yeah, absolutely. The UCLA could match up with these guys, but I think that's the recipe is for them is, is try to get those couple, couple matches down low. And then one of the, uh, you know, Keegan or Nanda has to has to beat Ito or Sigsgard, guard, uh, which, you know, Keegan indoors, hard to pick against him, even though, you know, he's playing Uyido, so, you, Ito, know, So, you know, it's hard, to, hard to say that. But but indoors with with that game, sure, that could happen. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a recipe there. I'm not going to pick it, but I think it's it, it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden we went, wow, I thought this was going to be a blowout. And now we're looking at a, you know, a three all match down to the wire. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah.
0: There's a world where this match comes down to Keegan Smith versus Yuya Ito at the top of the lineup, and that would be delightful. Um, Now... Uh, I do feel like sometimes we sell the Longhorn short. That's what happens when you lose the nucleus of a national championship team. And to their credit, they have been rock solid thus far this year. I mentioned their pedigree, what they've done to this point of the season. Those freshmen have been performing. You do wonder, you know, indoors their first national event. How are they going to hold up? But it's not. And there are uh, many returners on this UCLA team. But you know, it's not like they're playing Florida, UNC first round. This Texas team really, really talented on their own right and. And you're right. Maybe, you know, that middle of the lineup, Waldeeb Spaziri versus Baird Goldberg. That's That's got to go Texas's way if they want this to go, the sort of quick four-zero result result uh, for a first-round match. I agree with you, though, overall, both of you. It doesn't feel like this UCLA team has quite enough pop at the bottom to do damage to the inexperience of Texas, expose that stuff. And then, you know, top two for all of these teams are going to be dogfights. Uh, Maddie, then Chris, give me your
1: picks. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas 4-1. Um, I You know, you guys talked about how it could potentially be close. I mean, yeah, there is a chance that this match could be super tight, but I just, at this point, I, I don't see it happening. I don't get the feeling that that's going to happen. Um, I'll go Texas
0: 4-1. I like it, Chris. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think, well, so first, I think there is no world where
2: this match comes down to Yuya Ito and Keegan Smith at at number one, not because the match can't be close, but because there is absolutely no way a Keegan Smith match indoors will be the last match on court. Those points will be so fast that there's no way all of those other guys finish and he's still on unless they all went, th- you know, straight sets and he went three. And even then it's going to be close. Uh, yeah, so I, I like Texas 4-1. Uh, I think they're they're going to be a little bit too too solid. I do like the, the fact that we'll get some good matchups up, up at the top. Always fun to watch Keegan. Mo- momentum not exactly on the side of the Bruins right now. You don't know what you're going to get at six. Too many questions. I think uh, I'll take Texas 4-1. Yeah,
0: I, I think that's fair. Uh Longhorns, we can gripe about them being a top three seed, but they have been really freaking good so far this year. So I like this UCLA team. I think they are going to get better as they get healthier, as they get more experienced this season. When you lose a guy like Max Cressy, it takes a moment to get uh, adjusted. But I'm going to go Longhorns. I'll say 4-2. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a good match. But I do think the Longhorns, in the end, just too much pop uh, throughout their lineup. Uh, but that'll be fun. Now, our next set of matches, uh, again, well, let's start with the ones that's not on our stadium court. Two of the good stories of this tournament. We talked about it last night in Stanford, the number seven seed thus far on their season. They're 6-1. Uh, their only loss, a 6-1 loss to USC. They beat Tulane and Cal. They beat Cal in the closest 4-0 match I've ever seen in the ITA kickoff weekend to qualify here. Uh, since then, that lost to USC, but they beat UCLA 4-2, two other wins over Grand Canyon and Pacific. Uh, they're going to face against uh, face up against an NC State team that is veteran-laced. This is what you know they expected this year to look like when you bring back a guy like Alexis Gallardo. When you bring back just as many starters as they did, you hope to have this sort of early season success. You know, Not only did they go to Michigan and win 4-3, they go to Virginia on the kickoff weekend, beat them 4-1. Uh, two wins over Ivy League team since at Penn, at Princeton. Uh, this team has looked really good, and so I know Stanford is the higher seed, but I think this one's a toss-up, Matty. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely upset alert here, and I got super excited when I saw this matchup when the draw came out. I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, again, NC State is not lost this year. They're looking really good. I think they play well indoors. Stanford, obviously more of an outdoor team. Um, The Wolfpack obviously went up to Michigan and and beat the Wolverines Gruskin. Um, So I I think they have a lot to offer when I look at it though, again, top to bottom, I mean, throughout the entire lineup, I I just, I do like Stanford better. I mean, I think, I think overall they just have the better squad, Um, but NC state's going to play good doubles. I mean, I think, especially at the number one and two positions, I think number three, Doubles can be exposed a little bit for the Wolfpack. Um, So we'll see if Stanford can can get them there. But yeah, no, I mean, I think this is going to be a great match. One that I'm really looking forward to.
0: Chris, when you look at these teams, uh, you know, top-heavy-wise, top, top heavy wise, I, this is a really good NC State team that they have Galarno at top. He is a four point, 14.29 on UTR. That's as good as almost anyone in the country. Slight favorite over Axel Geller. Uh, obviously, pedigree doesn't need to be stated at this point. He's phenomenal. But then, you know, you start getting to the depth. And certainly on paper, uh, Stanford has that sort of depth in singles. But NC State does have that sort of experience, that sort of continuity that helps in these early season tournaments. Uh, I do think Stanford's depth wins out, but would it shock you if we saw an upset here? And what would that path look like?
2: It wouldn't totally shock me. I would be a little bit surprised, uh, but you know, NC state has been playing. I mean, they've been playing great. And yeah, I think indoors definitely uh, to their, you know, for them to their advantage to play. I don't think they, they would want to play these guys outdoors, uh, indoors I'll give them a much better chance but uh but yeah I think they're you know they're going to be underdogs the 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 similarities to me though in both teams is I do think that after uh when you get down to 5 and 6 there is they they both do kind of have a little bit of a drop once you get down to 5 and 6 but it but it is a much more significant drop for NC State than it is for Stanford so I think uh I think NC State's going to have trouble trying to get points I mean, five will be tough. They're going to have to try to, if they're going to get one of those, maybe get it at six. You'll always take your shots with Lexi at the top. I mean, but I mean, that'll be a, that's just going to be an absolute great match between Geller and and Lexi. So probably one that NC State will need to win if they're going to win. They do play great doubles. I think the recipe, as you're asking for them to win, is probably, uh, like it'll be much the same all weekend for them is if you're going to beat so beat one of these teams, they need, they need Lexi at one, they need doubles. And then they, uh, and then they go find two more. And is Kierdo at, at four uh, has, is probably going to be a good shot in, in many of those m- matches, you know, relative strength to his position. That's going to be a good spot for them. Um, so that's three and then find another I just don't see them fine being able to find for, I mean, Rhodes and Sridhar, uh, for, for Stanford are just going to be so, so tough to get by at the, in the top three. I think, I think Stanford's got too much here, but yeah, it's, it's hard to say that because we've seen NC state, you know, go in and beat Michigan and, and, uh, at Michigan who, you know, at the time we thought, yeah, Michigan's not that great. Michigan's turned out to be really good. And, uh, you know, and credit to them for doing that. So so could could be very close. I'm still gonna say I like Stanford and I'll I'll roll with, with a a four one Stanford win. No 4-2, more saying Michigan four two if they get doubles.
0: I'm making a rule. Uh no more saying Michigan's good. Stop it. You guys are killing me. You're jinxing it you're putting just all of your stink all over my Wolverines and I don't want any part of it.
2: Anything we can do to, to you know Yeah. Increase the prospects of a bad weekend for Gruskin. Yeah, enough. Uh,
0: No, I don't like it at all. But, no, I like that. Chris, I appreciate uh, that you threw your pick in there, and I agree with you. You know, I think the meat and potatoes, the two through five spots, that's where Stanford's depth shines through. It's not to be disrespectful to this NC State team because they have been that good thus far. They find the four points they need at a bunch of different places. Um, I just happen to agree with you. I do think this Stanford team is is very good now that it's indoors may play a factor. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these Stanford players have grown up and played plenty of indoor tennis as well. So I'm going to give the edge to the Cardinal as well. What say you, Matty?
1: Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I agree with you guys. And I'm going to pick against the ACC here. I hate to do it, but I just, again, like I said, top to bottom, this this Stanford roster is just, it, it's better to me. So I'm going to go 4-2 Cardinal.
0: I like it. And I want to say, you know, having seen both of their women's team play last weekend, as fun as this men's match would be, it would be way more fun as a women's match. Both of those Stanford NC State teams, top six contenders this year uh, on the women's side. So good for both of those programs, qualifying for both the men and the women. You know, Texas and UCLA did it as well. So did U of M. There are a bunch of schools who did that, but always got to give a shout out to those programs that are thriving on both sides. Uh, All right. Our our primetime match during that time slot, uh, uh, the number two seeds, USC Trojans, who took their first loss of the year in Columbus. Uh, that was a 4-2 match. They dropped the doubles point. They dropped the top two singles positions as well. Uh, but other than that, they've looked you know, rock solid this year. Wins over UNC Wilmington, Santa Clara to qualify for this event. They've beaten Stanford, Cal, and they played at Wisconsin on Tuesday. That was a 6-1 win for them. So they've been there for a little bit. Now they've gotten a chance to acclimate to those indoor facilities. This is a team who brings back a ton of talent to throw in as well with new starters, uh, Ryder Jackson, Stefan Dostanich. Uh, it, it's an incredibly talented team, and it does feel like, though, at the NCAAs, we you know, or at least last year, we thought this USC team was going to do more at both the indoors and the outdoors than they did. But you know. I don't see any reason to doubt the the Trojans in this one, particularly given the fact, Maddie, that they're playing a TCU team that's three and three. They've lost three matches in a row at Michigan, the stunner at Virginia, and then they lost at home to North Carolina. Although that was a close match, they've you know they bring in. So many new starters, uh, they're still trying to figure out what they want to do with their lineup. And to Coach Rodidi, you know, I think we all can agree he gets a little bit of a grace period to figure out uh, where those freshmen are going to properly line up. Uh, you know, come NCAA time, this may be a completely different discussion. But at this point, right now, I mean, the Trojans, you just got to think of all Trojans based on the continuity and the experience.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be all Trojans. I mean, obviously, I was... I was a little skeptical about TCU, you know, all year long. We've talked about that. They, they had to prove it to me. I mean, I was not sold on them just on paper. They had to show me on the court, and they have not done that. I, they're a young lineup. I just I, – I don't love what's going on there. And you talked about the three straight losses. Um, I, I'm, I'm a bit concerned for TCU, and especially, I mean, matching up with USC, that is – one of the worst case scenarios for these guys. So I- I'm expecting uh, USC to roll here. I-, I really am.
0: All right, Chris, you are the TCU guy. So if there's and uh, you know, I what I have done to you and Matt on Michigan, you did to Matt and I on TCU, or at least to me, I, I guess Matt was not as you know heavily influenced. Um, but if there's an upset pathway for this talented TCU team, and let's be clear, they're very, very talented.
2: What does it look like? I think it looks like you either get doubles and one of the three of the four matches at three through six, or you don't get the doubles and you get three through six. Um, it's the the top two are just going to be heavily heavily favored for for USC, right? I mean, Holt and Kukerman are going to be very hard to for Gray and Paralek to match up with. I mean, I I still like this TCU lineup. I still. You know, I, I liked them from the start of the year. They haven't done it yet. It still may be a bit early. They haven't even, haven't quite figured it out. I'm not even sure what kind of lineup we're going to see because they really they, they really have seven guys that he wants to play. And it's it's crazy to think that we're talking about them being three and three and having gone to Virginia and lost when number seven on their roster is still a thirteen UTR wise, right? I mean, they've got the players. They just haven't put up the results with the players yet. So I don't know that that's necessarily going to change uh, in this match, but I, there, you know, in your words, there's a world where, where that happens, but I think for that to happen, yeah, Fernley's got to be back from his flu and, and, and healthy. You insert him. I'm not sure if they put him in at three or four. He had been playing three prior to going out. Uh, so if he plays three, and we assume USC rolls the same lineup out with Riley Smith. That's going to be a tough matchup as well. But but those are those really are kind of toss-up matches three through six when you look at them between you know Famba, Bullis, Fernley, Smith, Jurasek and and Destanich and and Kruger or Jong. They haven't pulled Jong out of the lineup yet, but uh, I'm not sure. You know Kruger and Jong. Neither one has been winning for you know a, a lot. So. I don't know but yeah I think it's I think it's 3 through 6 where they've got to pull it off cuz I think those top 2 are going to be just just too much for USC
0: yeah, I, I'm the most impressive player to me when TCU came to Ann Arbor was uh, Girosek at six. He was rock solid. And, you know, for USC, they, they do know their top five in some order. I mean, Holt, Cookerman are going to play one, two, but then Smith, Bolas, Dostinich going to be that three through five spot. They do have questions at six. Do they play Jackson? Do they play Sands, Fry? You know, there's a bunch of different options for them. Those are all 13 plus UTR players. So there is a chance, you know, they're the fact they and you know, depending on who they play, depending on. Who TCU plays? Uh, there is a you know a lot of parity in between these lineups. Again, all of these players so good. You look at the UTRs. I think uh, it's a four-two split. The biggest gap: Holton, Cookerman at the top. Holt a 0.7, favorite, Cookerman point four five. Uh, but then, yeah, three through six is a toss-up. I agree with you. I do think though the continuity, the experience for the and the top-heavy talent at the top, you know, the strength at the top for the Trojans too much. I am going to take the Trojans four-one. Matt and Chris, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with USC 4 zip
0: 40. Yep. Shutout. I like it. Chris, yep. your thoughts?
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, I mean I I just need some redemption from coach Roddy here. I mean, I I feel like Maddie's probably right, but I'm going to cling to not being a com- completely embarrassed with my my prospects for TCU. And uh I'll say it's 4-2. I think I think Yershek gets a Gets a win as long as they don't move him all the way up to four. I think he probably, he, you know, if he's five or six, he, he pulls a win out. And then they, you know, they either get doubles or, you know, Famba indoors, always, always tough. Uh, so I think they, I think they can fi- they find two matches. But yeah, I'll go with the Trojans for two.
0: I right, I like it. Chris thinks it's going to be close. We're all on that 404142 spectrum. So, it should be a fun so someone's going to be right unless TCU wins. Um <clears throat> all right, let's move to our next team and this next matchup Fascinating for a bunch of different reasons. Whether you have lineup questions, whether you know you want to know how good can an Ivy League team be? Can they compete with the best in the nation? We're going to get to see that in Spades, and then it's indoors in particular is particularly appealing. Uh, in our next matchup between the number five seeded Florida Gators and the number twelve seed Columbia Lions. Uh, look for the Gators. We finally got to see them pull out the nuclear weapon. They win Inglatson in fine Grife at six. That's the singles lineup we expect to see from them early on they lost that match 5-2 to start the season against the Longhorns but 9-1 so you know uh, I think they've won seven matches in a row since 6-1 win over a frisky UCF team to qualify for the week uh, 4-0 win over Temple 4-0 win over USF they have a 4-1 win over Florida State 7-0 at Illinois 6-1 at Purdue Uh, they look they've looked good but so has Columbia, and the Lions haven't played that many matches, only 3-1, and one, but they've all been quality matches. 4-0 win over Oklahoma State, 4-2 win over uh, Tennessee, 7-0 over UCF, and then that 3-4 loss to Michigan were just, they created too big of a deficit for themselves, but they almost, dare I say, sorry for this pun, roared back in that match, Matty, any whiff of an upset alert. This is a Florida team that lost first round at the indoors last year. you know, indoor tennis, Florida Gators, antithetical in theory. Um, Any inklings of an upset?
1: Yeah. Look, if you're Florida, you have to, you have to put yourself on upset alert here, right? Like you have to go into the match knowing that Columbia is a very dangerous team. This is indoors. This is the time of the year that Columbia can really make some noise and they seem to do it every year. So you know, tough draw for Florida as the five seed to get this Columbia squad right out of the box. I mean, yes, Florida's favored to win the match, but man, you cannot take the Lions lightly. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's going to be a fairly close match. I mean, doubles could be very close. A lot of the singles matches could be close. I'm just looking for Florida to play that lineup, you know, that we know with with Ingoldson at five, Greif at six, if that's the lineup we get, man, I mean, that's that's such a strong lineup. I, I really do like that for Florida. Um, so I think that gives them a bit of an edge. But, man, I, I think this could be a fun match to watch. Columbia, obviously an indoor team. Florida, more of an outdoor team. Let's see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I I Could not agree with that more, Maddie. It is imperative that the Gators come out prepared for a Columbia team that is very, very good, especially at the top of their lineup. You know, Jack Lynn, uh, I think a top 10 player in the country. They've got Jackie Tang as well, Adam Ambrosi, all these experienced returners. uh, And this is a team that that knows it's it's the indoor season. This is their time to shine. I, I agree with that sentiment. I do think, you know, Florida on paper certainly by UTR they're going to be favorites across the board almost regardless of the lineup they play so many 13 plus UTR players on their player on their team i think they have 9 of them uh so chris you look at this again upset recipe for columbia uh does it if it if it's to happen what is it going to look
2: like well i'd say i'd, I'd say they need doubles uh you know jack Lynn at, at 1 is always a possibility so that's probably Probably one they need. I don't see them probably beating Riffis at, at two, even though Riffis did just you know lose at, at Purdue, but it was a ten point breaker, you know. I so I had to come down to a third set. I, I think that's a maybe a different story, but but I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think probably like Lynn, and then maybe down at at five and you know five and six, which has kind of been the rotating doors for for Florida so far this year. Uh, you know, Valle and Andrade have been steady at three and four. I think that's what we what we we know we're going to see from them. Don't know what we'll see at five and six. I think, you know, as as Matt said and, and I said, the lineup I think we see by the end of the year for NCAAs outdoors is Engels and Greif at five, six. I don't think that's the lineup we're going to see played indoors. Um, they've got other guys that are probably – more suited indoors they are probably better prepared this year um for an indoor uh, match just because of the additional guys they've got and the directions they can go guys like josh goodger who came from tulsa played a lot of indoor tennis um i yeah i still don't see i don't see how but i think that's it for me it's doubles one five six i think if if columbia is going to do it um and that's you know, probably their their best shots but it's it's a tough matchup but, but like you said for florida being one of those top 5 you know there's that group of five that's better than everybody else they definitely drew a tough tough first round match and tough path all the way through here
0: yeah, for the Gators, and we'll talk about it all week, they'd have to beat the Tar Heels. They'll probably have to beat the Buckeyes and then probably the Trojans. Uh, they'd have to earn that first national indoor title for them. And uh, it would certainly be a fun to see that sort of tennis come out of these Gators because we certainly know they're capable of it. Uh, that being said, Matty, give me your pick.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Florida 4-2. But they, I'm telling you guys, they better be prepared. They cannot take Columbia lightly. Um, because they're they're gonna play hard and and they're gonna believe that they can beat Florida um but in the end the the talent I think is gonna win out give me Florida four two Chris yeah I, I, I like Maddie's pick but I think uh
2: it kind of depends on the order of finish i I think I'll take I'll go Florida four one
0: I like it I'm gonna stick with that as well I'm gonna go Florida four one although you know I expect to see at least three three-set singles matches because I do think this Columbia team is going to battle. All right, let's get to our last match of the session, a rematch of a match we saw earlier this season. Uh, it's an all-Carolina battle, North versus South, just the way we want it to be. The Tar Heels, the number four seeds this weekend. We talked about that seeding at length uh, in part one of this podcast. They're going to take on a veteran lace South Carolina team that is making, I think, their first appearance at this event since, like, 2006. Uh, they bring back defending NCAA singles champion Paul Jubb at one singles. That, that they lost to the Tar Heels 4-0 already this season. You know, that's never a result you want, so you know they're going to come out hot, and in that match, they uh, had a couple of split sets at the three and four and six positions, Uh, but for the Tar Heels... I mean, they have finally brought out the big guns. Blumberg, Seguin, Rinky, Peck, uh, that top four playing against uh, South Carolina, playing against TCU, and you know they've looked awfully good doing it. When we talked in our college contenders about this UNC team, we think we said the thing that could differentiate them from being really good to being the best team is if we get that freshman, sophomore year form of Will Blumberg, and we've gotten that thus far. Blumberg knocking out Jupp in straight sets, beating Alistair Gray of TCU and- As Well, if this is the Will Blumberg we're getting, Matt, I know their path to the finals is difficult, but we may be seeing a UNC sweeping of the men's and women's D1 indoors.
1: Yep, that's exactly right, Gruskin, and and I think that could could definitely happen. Um, You guys know that North Carolina, my national championship pick, I mean, look, this lineup is just scary, guys. I mean, one through six, all three doubles courts, um, to me... South Carolina just, I I hate to say it, but they they don't have a chance. They're not going to win this match. And South Carolina is a very good team. Like, their top four singles players I like a lot. I think they're very good. And against most teams, they're going to have a recipe to win. But, you know, Gruskin, if you're about to ask Chris what the recipe is to to upset North Carolina, I don't know how he's going to tell us. I just, I don't see one here.
0: Yeah, Chris, give it to me. Do you see one at all either?
1: Wow.
2: it's I'm, I'm with Maddie. It's it's really tough. I mean, if you're going to say, hey, how in the world do they – how do they do it, right? Um, obviously, as tough as it's going to be to beat them in singles, you're going to have to win the doubles point, uh, which is – that in itself is going to be tough. Um, and then, yeah, you know, they, they managed to, to be in, in three close matches – when they played them last time, so so maybe maybe they can you know try to build on on those three matches, but but the other but the three that they lost, they lost convincingly, right? Uh, I'd say I'd say Jubb's got to probably somehow beat Blumberg, which is not going to be an easy feat. I don't see them beating winning at five. I, last time they played Peck four Surnock five. Most recently they played Surnock four Peck five. Either way, Jordan beating Peck or Sernock, I think is going to be tough. Uh, Beasley or Pelletier, whoever they throw out at six to beat Kyger, going to be tough. I th- I think that's going to be very hard. It's it's just a tough tough matchup for for South for a very good South Carolina team.
0: Yeah, the crazy part is, you know, Blumberg and Sernock at one are phenomenal. You know, Will Blumberg's probably been the best college. To- tennis doubles player since he entered college. Uh, and, yeah, him and Stronach at one, and then they have the number seven team in the country, Kyger and Sondergaard, at two. And then it's like, well, we also have these two ridiculous talents in Seguin and Rinky at three doubles. So they're rock solid there. And I think we can have a chance to learn a lot about both of these teams. I think for South Carolina, again, they're very good. Jub Rodriguez, Lampeling, Thompson, uh, probably four of the top 125 players in the country. Uh, I do think, you know, certainly on their best day, they can compete with anyone. But And if they can come back and, you know, after you, you lose 4-0 to someone, again, that's how you respond in those moments. Those are the signs, the differences between a good team and a great team. Uh, all, all of that, you know, is on the table for South Carolina. But at the same time, I think this is where we see UNC flex their muscles. We say, oh, yeah, we beat you already. Watch what we're going to do to you this time. And if they stomp on the throat of the South Carolina team again, I mean, that is champions do that sort of stuff they beat you and then they beat you down and then they beat you down again and I think this UNC team's really capable of it I think we're going to talk about them plenty more throughout the weekend Uh, so for now Manny give me your pick
1: yeah I'm going to go UNC four zip again I just I think they're going to stop them Um, South Carolina very good team but not in this matchup
0: Chris
2: oh man a back-to-back 4-0s would be tough I do think it's a very it's it's a Big uphill battle for South Carolina, uh, and I hate to be picking against two of my three SEC teams here, but I'm going to take Carolina, North Carolina
0: 4-1.
1: I like it. And yeah, here's I the agree. thing, guys. Jubb could get a win at number one. However, I see that match going unfinished. I-, I think they could maybe be in a third set at the time of clinching. That's why I'm going to go 4-zip. Four- yeah,
0: I-, I think that's fair. I- I'm going to... These South Carolina Gamecocks are going to be too hungry, and, and I think they're going to get a point on the board. You don't lose to someone 4-0 and let them do that to you again. Uh, but I th- also think UNC is going to flex their muscles, and so I think 4-1's the score. I think it's good. you know, South Carolina's going to fight, but this UNC team's just going to be too good in the end, so I'm going to give it to the Tar Heels. Alright, let's go to our last session of the day. A rematch in our first match, uh, likely, and I say this respectfully because we just had his, uh, the coach of this program on, but a likely blowout uh, in our second match. Let's Start with Wake and Baylor This is a rematch from last week Baylor just knocking off uh, the Demon Deacons In, I believe it was A match in Waco, Uh, they win That match fairly comfortably Now, you know, lineup wise We haven't seen Baylor flex their muscles And uh, the fact that they haven't had Brooksby yet, sounds like they're not going to have Brooksby this weekend either That's certainly a factor, but they do bring Back, uh, you know, they finally got to see Garcia for the first time, they finally Should get to see Adrian Boyton this weekend for wake the lineup questions you know wake has the start to their season has really been something i know they've only escaped it i believe with only one loss uh, you look at their record, seven and one but for them the kickoff weekend uh you know 4-2 over east tennessee state 4-2 over kentucky 5-2 ucf match 5-2 win over virginia then that 5-2 loss as i mentioned to baylor where uh baylor takes i believe both the doubles point as well as uh wins at the one singles two singles and uh, four or six singles excuse me. positions. Uh, Matt, any reason for you to think this result's going to go differently?
1: I mean, it, it could. It, it definitely could. I mean, obviously, Coach Breski is going to want to win this one bad. Wake is a prideful team. I mean, they do not want to lose two matches in a row to a team like Baylor. So, no, I, I could see it going the other way. I think it's going to be a tight match. This one obviously at a neutral site. Um, as compared to playing in Waco. But man, if we see Boynton in the lineup, that just bolsters Baylor a little bit more. I I I think it's going to be tough for Wake. I do not like Wake in doubles. So, I mean, the way that I see it going, I think Baylor's going to win the doubles point, and then they're going to be able to get three singles matches somewhere, especially when you add Boynton into the lineup. Um, But this is going to be a fun one to watch. Definitely got to keep your eye on this one.
0: Yeah, it, it's one of those either ors because for both teams, there are so many lineup questions. And look, no two coaches know each other better than Coach Boland and Coach Breski. Uh So there are no secrets between these two. They're going to pull out all of the tricks. They know each other's coaching philosophies. Uh, so it, it is a really fun contrast of styles. Chris, I don't even want to ask you for an upset recipe because I, this is an either or match in my opinion. I know Wake just won, but you look at it, there were one, two, three, three set matches. And it's Fenlaw took an 8-6 tiebreaker to take that second set against Badi at two uh, but you know that could go the other way eduardo nava who we're seeing in the lineup he took a seven six first set against finn bass but you can uh, you know you can flip that it's toss-ups all throughout the utrs are close for a bunch of these players as well uh so let's just get straight to it your pick you how do you see this match going
2: yeah i mean i i think uh, I think just the fact that we add Boynton, we don't know what we're going to get because we haven't seen him play yet, right? So how healthy is he? But adding him in, sliding everybody down a spot, you know, getting getting Dickerson down down to five, uh, you know, from where he'd been playing three earlier in the year, um, is good for good for Baylor. I like uh, the fact that they, you know, they just beat him without Boynton. You throw Boyton in, hard to pick against him. Absolutely, like you said, Wake Wake could win this, but uh, but I still like Baylor. And uh, I'm going to go Baylor 4-2.
0: Uh, do you guys remember the Mets pitcher? I think he then went to Toronto's R.A. Dickey. Yep. No? Oh, thank you, many So if we start calling Ryan Dickerson R-Y-A-N Dickey, is that fine?
1: <laughs> I, I guess that's fine. I, I just call him Dickey. But either way, um, we can roll with it.
0: Oh, look, it's 7-36. I'm going to call him what I want to call him. Um. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think the overarching theme for this match is that Doubles points going to be crucial. It's To map out four singles wins for either team is a fool's errand because the matchups top to bottom are that close. Matthias Soto and Barbotzer, uh, if they're lining up at the number one spots, that was a three-set match last time, and very well could be a three-set match this time. Uh, those are two guys who have been in the college game now for a while. They can compete with anyone at the top of the lineup. I do think because I give the edge to Baylor in doubles, Maddie, I'm leaning that way. What do you say?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I agree, Gruskin. I I lean Baylor in doubles, and I lean Baylor in this match 4-3. I think they get it done. Coach Boland, that's for you, my friend. I'm taking (laughs) the Bears over an ACC squad, which I don't want to do, but I'm doing it. Coach Boland, go Bears.
0: All right. A couple of things we're outlying moving forward. Uh, Outlong, excuse me. No more Michigan love, uh, and no more Coach Boland love. Like come on like he's not that great.
1: He's great man. He's great.
2: <laughs> come on let's be honest. This this is not coach Boland love. This is this is you know sarcasm at all the coach Boland trash that Matt usually talks. So well, you know.
0: Yeah. Well first of all if it's Ryan Dickey we should also say this is a svelte coach Brian Boland. He got in shape for this 2020 season. He is looking good. Um, so, you know, you know, enough coach bowl love though. Um, people know which way we're leaning. Uh, so Maddie says four, three, I think four, three is a good call. Chris, uh, what, what are you saying? Did you say four, two?
2: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take, I'll take Baylor four, two.
0: All right. I, I think that's fair. Well, then, and that's certainly going to be a really fun match uh, on our broadcast court, the nightcap, of course. Uh, whenever you're the host school, you get to be the nightcap, the primetime match, and it's really cool And I, that the Wisconsin Badgers are hosting this event, that their program gets to experience something like this on the men's side. We got the chance to talk with Coach Danny Westerman on the Crack Interviews podcast, one of my favorite characters in college tennis. All of these programs, these high-quality head coaches, it's why the level of the game has gotten as good as... It has, um, but they face a significant ta- talent deficit. There's no denying that they're playing the number one seed, Ohio State Buckeyes. We all agree on paper, Ohio State deserves to be the number one seed by, based on what they've accomplished thus far this season. Uh, so it's hard to deny, uh, you know, anything but a four-zero victory for the Buckeyes. That being said, Maddie, uh, you know, I-, I think we can all say we're excited to see this Wisconsin team on the stage.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be fun. They're in Madison, great environment. Um, but obviously, great
0: environment. Yes. I want to emphasize that much. I cannot be explain enough how excited I am to be at Nielsen.
1: Exactly. It's it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, hopefully, the fans come out. You know, they're loud. It's it's a good time. I'm sure it will be. But I mean, just obviously, when you look at the matchup, it's it's. I mean, it's really going to be impossible. To to win this match, if you're the Badgers, I mean Ohio State is just so good. They're indoors. Ty Tucker, we're talking about here. Um, To me, there's no formula for an upset. Unfortunately, Ohio State's gonna roll.
0: Yeah. All right, Chris. In terms of the the talent gap between Wisconsin and the other teams in the field, because I think we all can agree, Ohio State 4-0. We talked about Ohio State at. for the first 10 minutes of part one of this podcast. If you want to hear our thoughts on what they've done this season, go check that out. Uh, but Chris, let's talk about Wisconsin for two seconds. Talent-wise, if they're going to get wins this week, where's it going to come from?
2: Yeah, I kind of joked with you guys early on, like where where do they find a point this weekend, right? How do they not mm-hmm. go 12-0 in their, in their three matches? And I, I think for them, um, you know, obviously the doubles point, potentially a, a decent shot. It's a one, you know, one set match and, and it's double. So you could maybe find one if they're going to get a singles point at any point this weekend. I think the number six spot, I mean, relative to the other teams they're playing this weekend, they're, they're significantly weak start, you know, starting at the top. They're fairly level throughout the lineup. So by the time you get down to six, six could, can do some competing. I think that's a, a spot where, you know, maybe, they can find a you know find a point, but yeah, it's unfortunately for them. It's it's going to be tough sledding trying to find any anything this weekend at all. But but yeah, may, maybe they can pull a, pull a point out at six somewhere in, in one of these matches. But I don't I don't see that happening against Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's a shame. And the good news for the Badgers is no matter what Ohio State does, they'll get to see them again during the conference season.
2: Uh, but I think they, we all they did get a point against USC, uh, that, yeah. who they just they just played. Uh, you know krill who's there like i think he's their top utr guy even i'm not sure i'm not looking at it right now but he's playing five and he he did manage to uh to win a 10 point breaker over jake sands so you know it's not like it's impossible but they you know they did take straight set losses everywhere else against usc and so obviously against ohio state indoors you expect to see you know a similar kind of result
0: i agree with you and the good news is if uh you know for Wisconsin again just to get these matches on your resume they've run up some wins early in the season already so if they can even pull out one here that'll do numbers for them come NCAA time uh, all right that being said we've talked about the eight round of 16 matches it's the preview podcast you can't end a preview podcast without some prediction so Off, without further ado give me some sort of prediction sound effect Let's start with you, Maddie. Uh, you know, give me your overarching narrative. Who do you see emerging to the finals? And who do you see bringing home uh, the first national title of this 2020 season?
1: Yeah, well, let's start on the bottom half. And, and I got to say that USC really got blessed, you know, with that bottom section of the draw. I, I mean, I think they have a very clear path to the finals. And I, I think they'll get there. I, I just I believe they're stronger than every team down there top to bottom. Um, I like what they got going on. I know they just lost to Ohio State, but but look, that was in Columbus, um, and we know how that goes for teams there. so i'm I'm not too worried about that. I really like USC at the bottom. In the top half, it's tricky, man, cause it's loaded. I'm expecting, you know, a North Carolina, Florida quarterfinal, and then a Baylor, Ohio State quarterfinal. And those can all be really quality matches. Um, but in the end, I see Ohio State, North Carolina playing in the semis. And, and to me, that match is worthy of a final. Um, I think North Carolina should have been seated in the top three and been down in that bottom half of the draw where we could have maybe gotten Ohio State, North Carolina in the finals. But since that's not going to happen, we'll see it in the semis. Um, and I'm going to roll with North Carolina. You know, this this is going to be at a neutral site. It's not in Columbus. And I mean, I'm, I'm just fully you know, with North Carolina this year. I mean, I think they're loaded. I love their lineup. Singles, doubles. There's really no weaknesses to me. Ohio State is obviously going to be very tough, but but I think UNC can pull it out four to three. Um, So that would set up for a UNC-USC final. Um, And in that match, again, I think it's a really good one, but I'm going to go with North Carolina. I think they take home the title and uh, go back to back for men's and women's.
0: All right, I like that prediction, Chris. Your thoughts?
2: I don't know what to say other than ditto. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm exactly right there with Maddie. I like USC coming out of the bottom half. Um, I I like I like North Carolina a lot. I think you know the 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 only thing that gives you a you know real cause for concern about trying to pick North Carolina is just the path they have to go through, right? I mean, I think they are the best team in the field, but having to do it day in and day out and having to beat, you know, South Carolina, which they felt they could already. So so hopefully that one for them is not that hard. But then having to beat Florida, then having to beat Ohio State, just to get to the final, toughest path by far. So so could a hiccup happen? Absolutely. But I still think they are, they are the team team to beat, even though Ohio State is the one seed, I, I'll i be there looking very forward to to a North Carolina-Ohio State match, if indeed that is what we get uh, in the semifinals. But I will take Tar Heels. I will take them to play USC in the final, and I'll take the Tar Heels to win.
0: So, I, I hate the group thing, and I, I, it's hard to deny it. I mean, we've made the case for these Tar Heels all week, uh, you know, all season long, almost. But um, on that bottom half, I do think TCU could upset USC. They have that sort of talent, and who knows? When a freshman flips a script, look at what happens with Andre Styler over these past couple of weeks. How, just how much better he's gotten with his confidence. There's a world where TCU knocks them off, but if they can't, I mean, USC wants to play Stanford again. They're going to have to face them a bunch of times. That's a program they know so well. Uh, of the Texas, you know, let's say it's Texas or A&M, you know, by depth, by just the, the experience level, you favor USC there. So yeah, yeah, prohibitive favorites certainly to advance out of the bottom, but you talk about it for either Florida or UNC to have to go through one another and then through Ohio State, who as Matt mentioned, no cupcake uh, in either Wake Forest or Baylor in the quarterfinal for them. Uh, they're going to just be beating each other up up top of the draw, and you have to wonder just if USC is slightly fresher going into that final. Does it make a difference, of course, for coach Brett Macy, his first year on the season to start his season with a national indoor title? That's a dream come true. Oh, I don't want to pick the same as you. You never want to write off the Buckeyes indoors. I know we're not in Columbus, but you know they're the defending national indoor champions. Ty Tucker always has those teams ready and that they've got Kingsley and McNally looking up good at top, up top the depth. They do the number one doubles team in the country as well. Doubles points are going to be everything. Um, and the idea of getting Blumberg, McNally, Seguin, and Cash, and, uh, and then you get Rinky, and, and you get Blaze, and Sealig and Peck, uh, my mouth is watering already, it's a tough pick, it's a really tough pick. And if UNC looks good against Florida if, or Columbia, whomever it may be, uh, and they just you know clean their clock, if they do a job with South Carolina again in that round of 16, I'm going to switch my pick. Uh, but I need to be different than you. So for now, because we're indoors, because of how hot this team has started, because they've already beaten Nessie, because they've already beaten an A&M, I'm going to roll with the Buckeyes. You you take the title from the defending champions. It's their crown until they lose it. And now that the Tye Tuckers won a couple of these indoor championships, uh, there's the institutional knowledge. They know how to get the job done indoors. I'm going to roll with the Buckeyes uh, to emerge as the national champions early in the season. But I think the fact that there are multiple teams you can make the case for is why this weekend is going to be so much fun. And look, again, Chris and I are going to be live. We're going to be there all weekend. On-site coverage, interviews with players, coaches, tidbits we pick up, daily recap podcasts, all of the fun content you've come to expect, the sort of stuff we did at the National Indoors for the Women, expect that, and more uh, at the Men. I say more because we have Chris there, so that's just an additional resource we didn't have before. Uh, It's going to be uh, such a great time, and look, because we're able to go to all these sites, we at Crack Rackets thought it was time for us to launch a Patreon. If you're not aware, we did that. That's a subscriber-based content. Content. It's for some of the on-site videos, some of the writing aspects uh, that we've developed as well. Just a bunch of fun projects we have going on, and we want to thank all of you out there who have already contributed to that Patreon. Uh, many of you, I know, are college tennis fans who are doing so, and uh, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate that and in, in helping us, you know, make the effort to not only get to this national indoors, but get in May to the NCAA tournament as well. So thank you all for any who've contributed, and if you haven't, be sure to go check that out. You can find the link on our website, Crack Record com on social media as well we're also really excited to because of our friends at Aerobar, have another gear giveaway john isner steve johnson two former college tennis greats uh sign some shirts for us in order to get yourself in that you know we want to give them away as our way of saying thank you to you the fans for listening to sign yourself up for that contest leave a review on itunes apple spotify stitcher wherever you listen to your podcast leave a five star rating as well explain why you're there say a i want the shirt i want to see what chris looks like during one of these streams since you say his video is always the one open on skype you can just have a chris cam during one of these pods live that'll be a patreon feature that could be a lot of fun so uh yeah it's for those go give a sign up and for each you leave on each of our different pods this podcast the mini break the crack interviews your name gets entered an additional time uh that being said maddie i know you got a roll so you want your last word
1: uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I'm looking forward to it guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I wish you both. Well, I wish I could be there with you guys, but I know you'll hold it down uh, and, and I'll be listening. So it's going to be Do fun.
0: We reserve the right to call you at, you know, 11 PM when these matches end and be like, all right, you got po- time for a 30, 40 minute pod.
1: Yeah, that's fine.
0: <laughs> all right. You're on call this weekend. Get your pager ready. uh Chris, right. your final thoughts.
2: Yeah, no, I can't wait to get there. You know, my, my final thought is dude, we 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 need like a GoFundMe or something, and and we'll we'll pick up a plane ticket for uh for Maddie to come in for the weekend or something. <laughs> I mean, anyway, way, did I did
0: GoFundMe. All right, I'll it doesn't talk seem to our... fair
2: that we don't have him there.
0: No, that's a Dalton question, but I'll tell you what you tell me to be like, "Dude, I'm down." And then we're going to do a GoFundMe for GoFundMe's. And then you're just like, "What?" Again, <laughs> like, that's, of course how we roll. Um but no, shout out to you, Maddie, because, you know, these podcasts aren't nearly as fun without you here. Shout out to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff. I thought Westoff was, you know, I don't know how he stayed up to do the drive last night from Lexington to Louisville, not that it's that long, but we've been going hard and, you know, our super producers go harder as well because they always have a f- of a job to do. Um, that being said, when we next talk, we will probably be live in Madison, and that's going to be a freaking blast. So for now, for my lovely co-host, Matt Sikowiak, Chris Halliores, for our super producers, Max Flieger and Daniel Westoff, for our friends at both Aerobar and Diadem, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Guys, what do we tell the listeners?
1: Hey, great shot. Uh, I,
2: I, it was too early for me to remember which top pod we were going to out. leave that all in and we will see you this weekend everyone take care